Okay, this is episode 11 of In the Change Room, made just for you by Bright Rock. I am Kaunda Ntunja, Supersport commentator. I'm joined once again uh, by Johan Kutsia from supersport.com and uh, journalist, rugby journalist, uh, Simnikiwe Kabanisa as well. Obviously, um, some are still struggling with the hangover from the World Cup. Um, we've been celebrating like crazy. Jeremy Gaskett has been quite sour. Uh, we'll get into that as well. Um, let's just first talk about the actual trophy tour, which for me, probably the biggest I've ever seen in South Africa. Uh, biggest since Mandela's release, I guess. <laughs> uh, Johan, what do you think about the, the trophy tour? Yeah, man, that was crazy, wasn't it? I think, forget South Africa, that's the biggest trophy tour in rugby's history. There's never been something like that in the entire game. Yeah, it was crazy to see. I was at the airport on day one when they returned and uh, didn't go there to work. I just wanted to, I took my took my son there just to go and experience the atmosphere and it was crazy. And it was like that throughout the country. What, what a beautiful sight to see. What a, you know, It shows you how much interest there is in the game and how much the country needs heroes. And, 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 and I'm glad we've got some and I'm glad the sport of rugby was able to provide them. So... Well, I went to I went to the airport to actually work, um, and and frankly, the fact <laughs> Luckily that they didn't steal anything from you, and and the fact sober. that and yeah. the fact that there, there wasn't one sober player meant that I couldn't in the in the end anyway because poof, they had absolutely nothing to say to the media because you could tell they'd been up for a good forty eight hours or whatever it was, and but it was it was um it it, it was something else to 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 actually try to walk through the airport. I mean that's pretty much the only sort of taste of the you know trophy tour that I got to walk through the airport was a very difficult thing. People waited for so long, and you have to remember I think um you know some of the flights got delayed. The important flight, which was the the the, the one with 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 Sia Kolisi and and Rasi Rasmus, was delayed, and people just patiently you know hung tough. And I've probably what I've seen I've seen what three World Cup wins now. The first one I was a teenager. Um, the second one I, I actually covered the game, and and this one obviously I was I was, I was sitting at home like well, like most people. But um, I have to say for me this 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 resonates um, that much you know that that much more, you know. You know, for me personally, as someone who's been involved in rugby writing for what almost twenty years now, it was a big moment when when Sia was made captain because you you kind of almost feel like now you're starting to you know to feel like you know the whole the whole point of why you you know you tried to to do what you you try to to do is, is is coming together but this was a cherry on top especially for someone like me who actually didn't think we were gonna win <laughs> hi my name is sabela sanatla i'm paul true hi i'm carl brown and, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to in, in the, the change room, room. you are moving forward now so obviously in 2007 we won the World Cup. There weren't many guys that left for their overseas clubs after that. I think Victor went and joined um, Toulon, if oh. I remember correctly. Uh, John Smith, if I think, also went to Saracens. Eh? Didn't Fury Dupree also leave? No, no, for his day. So it was, it was maybe two, three guys that went. But the majority, or 80%, 85% of the squad stayed in South Africa. We are in a totally different situation this time around, aren't we? We are, but the the main difference is that we're now allowed to pick from overseas. We, back then, we couldn't. So there's no longer that carrot for guys in the World Cup squad to have to stay here. So they can go and cash in overseas now if they want. So we've got some voice notes from uh, Victor Matfield on what winning does for your franchise career. Morning, guys. Um, Victor Matfield here. Yes, for me, it was different um, after 2000 World Cup. Uh, 
actually went through a difficult stage. Uh, there was chances of Heine Kamei taking over and he kept hitting the Springbok side, but that didn't happen. Peter de Villiers took it and I went to Tulo. Uh, I thought uh, I've achieved everything I did, one I achieved, and um, I went to Tulo uh, on the biggest contract in World Rugby at that stage. But for me, it wasn't enough. Um, I were around about 70 test matches for the Springboks. Uh, just won one World Cup and one Super Rugby title, but I wanted to get more. So, um, yeah, I worked very hard in Tulo, and it was unbelievable to see how people put you on a pedestal as a world champion. And uh, arriving in Tulo, everywhere in the town was just pictures of myself up. Uh, it was almost worse than being in Pretoria. But, um, yeah. Uh, helped Tulo to go into first division, but then I wanted to come back. I wanted to come back. I wanted to win more titles, and I wanted to play for the Springboks. I wanted to play against the British and Irish Lions, the same as the guys uh, are facing now in two years' time. So, um, yeah, I think some guys will feel like they've done it all now. They're done. Other guys will say, listen, this is just a taste of what it can be like, and I want more. And um, yeah, let's hope a lot of our guys want more because it's a big test series against the British and Irish Lions. Uh, I want to see South African number one in the world. I want to see Super Rugby's franchises winning that trophy again as well. So um, let's hope they use this opportunity and show the guys at the franchises what it takes to be successful and we get all our players in South Africa to play at a higher level. Cheers. So let's just look at the squad now. I'm going to rope you in now, Johan, again. For, for me, the focus now should be being the very best in the world at what you do, per player. I think that's what the focus should be now. Yes, we are the world champions. Um, you know, we're at the pinnacle of the, of the sport. But um, Rusty spoke about it at the World Rugby Awards, that we want to replicate what New Zealand did in terms of consistently being number one, consistently winning rugby championships. I don't know how you you view this whole thing, um, uh, Johan. Um, I'm, I'm pretty much in agreement with Rashi there, especially as Victor said, looking forward to the British and Irish Lions, because uh, if, if you can't afford a drop now, we can't afford to drop back to fifth or sixth and then lift yourself up for a Lions series. So where we are now is where we have to stay. Um, and that will require, I know there will be a lot of player changes, a lot of guys moving around, but we will still have some core left. Um, and and know, most of the coaches will stay on. Rossi will stay on as director of rugby, even even if not directly involved with coaching. Uh, the, 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 the main aim has to be to stay number one and stay on top of the world while you're there. It's a difficult job, but they have to. And and some, obviously, Rossi's announced that he's stepping down as head coach, but he will continue with his role as um, the director of coaching. Who do you think should be the next man um, to take over? And once you've answered that question, then you go into the next one, which is who are the next tier of players that you're very excited uh, to look at who could possibly be in the box squad going forward? Look, I mean, given what um, A, I've, I've been told as a reporter and and B, I've subsequently read from my colleagues, it's tough to, to even get into a situation of, you know, who I think should be 
you know, should be should be Rusty's successor because you know it seems like you know the the person he's anointed as his successor is is his defence coach um, um, Jacques Ninabe. Essentially, there it makes it makes a lot of sense. You know, it's got its pros. The pros are very basic, which is you know you continue with the with the alignment. Um, I think in in the past I've seen that um, you know obviously um, coaches you know defence coaches tend to make um, reasonable um, you know head coaches. And then over and above that, you're probably not going to have the problem of of a difference in philosophy in terms of the rugby itself mm. between the director and the head coach. You know, that's the pros. The cons obviously are you have to look at the fact that um, Jacques has never been a, a head coach before. 100%. And that's... You know that for me is is an alarm bell simply because there's there's a, there's a lot of that kind of um, stuff in South Africa at the moment where you know you can be a, a conditioning coach today and 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 be a head coach tomorrow, or you can be a, a player right now and you know beginning of next year you're gonna be you know you're gonna be slotted in as a coach or a coaching consultant. There's a lot of um, it's sort of you know it's almost as if we mistrust actual coaches. You know people who have actually done the you know, who've walked the tough path to becoming a coach. You know, we, we're looking past those people. It's one thing to sort of um, have left field selections for, you know, for people who are going to be, you know, coaching. It's quite another, you know, for the left field selections to become the rule as opposed to, to the exception. So anyway, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sort of loath to even get into, you know, should we, you know, should, who should we get? Because if we were to, to talk about who should we get, I mean, what have you got at, at franchise level? You've got, you've got a problem because three of the four super rugby franchise coaches will be coaching super rugby for the first time. And then um, the the fourth one with respect, I keep saying this to Porter, you know, I, I put the human at the bulls. Uh, there's nothing about him that screams um, Springbok coach. Again, I say it with the greatest respect because he's one of the nicest people I've met in the game. And then you look at them um, at franchise level. Avis Fouris just started at the Cheetahs. Um, the Kings don't have a head coach. And so in the country, then you kind of look and you're like, well, maybe we don't have anything. There's talk, obviously, about Dion Davids, who's a guy that's coached at franchise level. He probably slot in as, as a forwards coach simply because Matt Proudfoot, you know, was always meant to you know, his contract was always meant to run out after the World Cup, which it probably will. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, given the work he's done, if, you know, he is indeed allowed to to sort of look for greener pastures elsewhere. Mm. And so, I mean, that's 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 probably your only options. And your only other sort of South African option would be someone like Ackerman, wouldn't it? Um, and... And and that's pretty much you know that's pretty much all you have, and then you'd have to start thinking about overseas. I imagine there would be so many people who are keen to coach the world champion Springboks, but the problem is again, you know, that person could come back, could come in, and they they could have totally different ideas about how to play the the game with you know the guy who made the Springboks the you know the world champions. So I suspect Rassi will succeed in his in his quest simply because. You know he's um, you know he's he's brought a World Cup you know he's brought a World Cup home. You know it's it'll be tough to sort of argue that he doesn't know what he's talking about. I I I think I agree um, with all your points, but for me I I thought that he would bring in Dion Davids, um, and because uh, Dion first of all is still contracted to SA Rugby until I think April or May next year. So he still gets salary from them. Um, when they were training here, 
Dion came and he was part of, you know, everything. Uh, not necessarily coaching, but they put him in the camp. He was part of the camp. He even had a bloody full Springbok tracksuit. Um, and <clears throat> at the time, I thought that it's either they're grooming, they're slowly bringing him in, Dion, to get used to the environment, to be either a forwards coach or a head coach, or that he's going to run with the uh, Moby unit. Yeah, I thought that perhaps it would be... So for me, my the biggest issue would be the fact that um, Jacques has never been a head coach. Um, I mean, he coached me when I, the, when I was at the Cheetahs and he was a physio at the time. Um, today, he's known as one of the best defense coaches, but he's never been a head coach. He's always followed Rossi wherever Rossi went. Cheetahs, province, Munster, uh, Moby unit first, Munster, um, and then back with the box. Okay, but can I can I throw a little spanner in the works here? Please do. <laughs> with Rashi Erasmus now as as uh, director of rugby, we've never had a, a current coach become a director of rugby, although he is a director. But but having that role, is the role of a head coach that important now? Is this not the one time that you can bring in someone like Ninaba because Rashi can still do much of the job that the head coach is supposed to do? If that is the case and with the pressure that SA Rugby is under because of transformation, then why not put in Dion Davis? I agree on Dion Davis. Yeah. I, yeah, I, thought, I thought the same thing as you did when they, when they pulled them into camp. Yeah, if, so. if, if we're saying that the, the, the head coach is not going to be as important if Russ is going to have his fingers in the, in the, in the pie anyway, mm. then, then why not Dion Davis? Well, the thing is for me, um, I, I, we, while, while we're all excited about what the, you know, the strides the box have made, I'm not 100% sure that the other areas in which a director of rugby is supposed to be involved have thrived as much simply because the director of rugby was too busy being the head coach of the Springbok team. So my thing is as 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 a you know as as much as we think yeah it's 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 okay to have Rassi there because he'll you know he'll basically still kind of be in charge. The whole point of a director of rugby is to to come up with desperately needed structures, you know, that will a get us a you know a constant su supply of rugby because you know our guys are getting you know our guys are getting contracted every single time and our contracting structures have just you know changed to pretty much you know to pretty much allow because the contracts are now so low that they pretty much allow everyone that is now going to be surplus to to requirements to go overseas so you, you you're gonna have to have a structure that's much more finely tuned than sort of the you know the, the surfeit of, um, of 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 rugby talent that we've always had coming through so you need to be more deliberate about what you're producing and how you're producing it and if we're not keeping an eye on that we are going to be asking for the same trouble that we've had one thing i'd love to see south african rugby be is consistent We've never done that ever. You know, we've been world champions and just gone straight down immediately after. And so I, it would it would be nice, you know, to to just actually for him to focus on what it is that he's supposed to do, what it is that he got a six year contract for. Yeah, and the junior box haven't won. Yeah, exactly. Since 2012, the women's side only just qualified now for the World Cup 2021. Sevens, we're still struggling a bit uh, with the women's um, and so so yeah Rossi does have a lot of work to do now as we do in each episode we listen to a snippet from halftime chat with uh, Siv Ngesi and this week he's in conversation with former Springbok Ryan Kankowski 
So you're not playing rugby anymore. I finished last year. Um, Fair in Japan. Best time of my life. I went over as a medical joker. And, um, you know, when I got back, body was a bit sore and I thought I'd just take a little break and, and, and see what happened. And I've been enjoying my free time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been good to kind of relax, not have to wake up, eat this, train. So are you still involved with sharks? No. So you're not doing anything? Because I, I always hear that a lot of sharks people say you have to leave the sharks to come back to do any other coaching. Would you ever get into coaching? You know, I, I've, I've kind of said to myself, you know, I'd, a lot of the guys that I've seen that have left rugby, that go back into coaching, you know, they're doing it for the wrong reasons. You know, they, they need money or, you know, it's, like, it's a job. You know, if I get into coaching, I want to hopefully be set up afterwards and I want to do it to help, you know, so I want to go to school. I, you know, I wouldn't mm. mind, you know, helping people that, you know, need... An academy? No, academy, who knows, you know. Um, I'll definitely do it to help people out, mm. not, you know, if obviously money comes along with the bonus, but... Mm. Um, yeah, I definitely consider it. Interesting perspective there from uh, Ryan Kankowski. Uh, be sure to listen to the full-length interview on Halftime Chat with Siv Ngesi. To find it, search for In the Change Room on Iono FM, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The third annual Bright Rock Players' Choice Awards brought to you by Bright Rock and My Players. The South African Rugby Players' Organization will be held at the park at Hyde Park on Tuesday, the 19th of November, 2019. The awards held by players for the players are the only of their kind in South Africa and sees professional rugby players from SA's 14 unions vote for their top players across six award categories. The award ceremony will see professional South African rugby players honour and acknowledge their peers for playing the bounce over the past season. Limited tickets available to the public from Friday the 4th of October from Ticket Pro. So, gentlemen, let's continue on this uh, realm of coaches. And, um, Johan, we found out that Hanukkah Meyer has just been uh, released from his contract at Start Francais, interestingly, a week ago, his bosses were saying that they were backing him. <laughs> uh, and then uh, things changed. <laughs> it sounds like South African rugby. <laughs> <laughs> and then things, things changed after that. What are your thoughts on this? Nothing strange for French rugby there to change their minds in one week. Uh, my thoughts on Heineke, I don't know. Where does this leave his legacy now? Um, because the same thing happened everywhere else he coached other than for the Bulls and then at, at lower level. He seems to be the type of guy that needs to build a team from scratch. And and he never had that chance at start. And, and if they wanted him to, to be successful, they should have given him another three years at least to allow him to bring in the youngsters. Now, he wasn't given that chance. And it leaves him, it leaves him, it leaves us asking, how good is he really? We don't know. What, what's, what next for him? Is he coming back here? Is he going to coach one of our teams? I, why not back to the Bulls? Yeah, why not? They, they certainly need something. Yeah, look, I mean, if he if he went to the Bulls, it probably would be the best outcome for a lot of people, including South African rugby in general, because um, I do feel, of you know, of the of the three. Of the four Super Rugby franchises, they're probably 
um, not as as strong in the, in the in the in the coaching department. Look, you could argue that the Lions coaches are younger than me, so therefore they must be, <laughs> you know, they they they, they shouldn't Mom be that great. <laughs> but um, you know, to to answer to that to that to that to that question of legacy, you know, Heineck has always been someone who who seemed to need the stars to be aligned for him to you know to coach successfully and you know he needs he needs 100% you know control over the of over the the, the the operation and 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 unfortunately i think the the good or well, let me say the great coaches because you know now i think the debate is whether he's a great coach or a good or, or merely a good one the great coaches have always been able to to work with whatever's thrown at them you know if you look at um you know start front say how he's gone there you know you look at the the coaching staff that's pretty much as many of the people that he wanted that are there and if you look at the players he recruited now remember he he had french millions to recruit and he basically bought in south africa yeah with respect he almost tried to create a little race in paris it just doesn't you know it, it just doesn't work like that and it doesn't endear you with the french crowds either that's yeah the same thing, the same thing jake you know, tried it didn't to do work for jake yeah. and montpellier yeah and you know you can't just you know that can't be your only answer you know to, so so he seemed to be someone that needed um you know to to only work with what he knew which which is a problem you know rugby's as 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 consistently changed with each passing year and so i think yeah he's now unless he gets another job where he really makes it stick um i think he's slipping from from a great coach who built you know the the mm. wonderful bulls dynasty to to a merely good one what 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 happens now to ricardo lopsha because ricardo was with the sharks and um from what it seemed is though you know there were he wasn't getting fast tracked definitely uh but he was part of the shark system and he then left that shark system while he was still contracted so they had to release him upon his um uh, him asking to be released um to go to start francais now that Heineken may has been fired what happens to Ricardo Lopsha and the chances of him going back to the sharks uh are slim to none well what about the kings they still seem to be uh, they don't have their coaching set up completely there maybe give it another two weeks and see if ricardo's available still let him ball from scratch there you have to do that with the kings on a weekly basis anyway so well well, well, well the, the well, kings is tricky because lopsha is a, a backline coach mm. And it looks like the Kings want to invest in Vuyo Zang, who is also a backline coach. They're even bringing in uh, Swayze every week to help um, upskill Vuyo mm -hmm. as well and also assist with, um, with, uh, with the, the, the Kings' attack. So I, I, I don't see how Lomsha would fit into that system right now. The only type of a person that could potentially fit at the Kings right now is a forwards coach. Okay. Well, but then but then again, their director of rugby doubles up as, as forwards coach. No, as but, it, but, 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 but Sim, he is... I think his focus is going to be more on the academy. Mm. Um, when, once the dust settles, he was a, a, a fill-in right now because there was no head coach. Oh, uh, he talked about Robbie Kempson. My, my thing about all these coaches who are now suddenly, you know, without a job, granted, it happens all the time. They all know, they all know, you know, the, there's only two types of coaches. There's one who's been fired and there's one who hasn't. And, and, and yet, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and essentially, 
my thing is, if you look at the fact that the Lions, if you look at the Lions as coaching staff, you know, how young they are, the fact that the head coach, um, Ivan van Rooyen, has coached, what, 16 Curry Cup games now in his whole career as a coach and he's now going to be up against Scott Robertson you know at the at the Crusaders someone who's won three Captain super rugby yeah someone who's won <laughs> three super rugby titles um, if you if you look at that and the fact that uh, Warren Whiteley is probably going to be part of his coaching staff and you look at Pat Lambie is going to be a coaching consultant at the Sharks we're not exactly you know bursting at the seams with with people who have coaching experience so one of Rossi's big jobs actually would actually be to coordinate in a way in a way that we push these guys in the direction in which they need it because it doesn't matter if it was a bad experience that these guys picked up in France it was still experience and mm -hmm. you know experience coaching experience is is basically the rough and the smooth and so my thing would be that's one that has to be one of Rusty's big jobs which is to make sure that he's going to get all these guys and he's going to put them you know he's going to direct them where they need it in South African rugby we cannot sit as a country and say you know we've got too many coaches we simply don't and also maybe you know this whole thing about coaches you know the the we talk about a succession plan when it comes to players but we don't do that with coaches we don't have structures no for our coaching all, yeah. you know guys guys basically approach their mate and and it's like you know do you want to come coach with me that's got to stop mm -hmm. there's got to be a better system than that and so yeah I, I i i think that there should be a place found for them it's just a matter of sitting down and working out where the short you know short shortnesses are and just make it work so the new zealand super rugby teams have or the squads have been announced i had a good look at them i think we just chatted um before we went on that you know new zealand doesn't have a lot of depth um, especially with guys going overseas. I didn't even know that Sam Whitelock was done with New Zealand rugby until I saw those squads. Uh, and I saw that Scott Barrett now is the captain of the Crusaders. Um, upon looking at all these squads, I could see, okay, this team doesn't have locks. This team doesn't have loose forwards. This team doesn't have uh, centers, etc., etc. For me, this is a perfect opportunity for one of the South African teams to actually win this thing next year, to build on the on the momentum of the World Cup. But having said that, um, Johan, Corbus van Veek, upon looking at these squads, Corbus van Veek, the Sharks winger, is now signed with the Hurricanes. Yeah. Yeah, can you believe that? Hurricanes of all teams with two South African wings because they got West Coast and South yeah. African born on the other one. So yeah, no, that's that's one for the books, isn't it? It's what what next? Are we gonna have two Maori props at the Bulls? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I saw on Twitter um, Corey Jane talking about Julian Savia coming back to the Hurricanes as well. So that's why I was quite surprised uh, to see this. Oh. Yeah, but anyway, let's move along. Our old friend Jeremy Gusket. Um, he was here with us two two weeks ago. It was about two weeks yeah, ago, yeah. just before the final. Uh, we had a uh, constructive debate about what will happen on the weekend. Now he's come back complaining about the effect of our bomb squad, which is the reserves, saying that uh, the numbers of players that come off the bench to play should be reduced. Um, <laughs> okay, Sim, before I, I give my opinion, Sim, please. Look, my instinctive reaction is to, is to say, geez, you might as well have just turned around and say, can't we just go back to the to the amateur days, you know, and get it over with? Um, that's my instinctive reaction. Um, 
my sense of of, of Jerry Gasco and having watched him and having listened to him, obviously in in commentary or you know, in studio or whatever, is that um, he's a bit of a purist. Um, you know, he likes rugby to to flow. He likes you know there to be space on a rugby pitch. And the only way you're going to achieve that is by is by having less reserves because you know if you have eight reserves as you do, what's going to happen is you know the intensity is not going to let down. And and the spaces aren't going to and because the, the intensity is not letting down the spaces aren't going to become easily available later in the game, and therefore you know the the obvious answer would then be to sort of reduce the subs. Um, well, it, just, it, just it, so that you can have tired players on the pitch. Well, that's what he's saying. Yeah, look, no, is, is, that, 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 that's really an easy way around it. Why well, don't you just make them all run a marathon beforehand <laughs> and then let them play? You're gonna have a lot of space exactly, then. It's exactly like I said. You know, we might as well go back to you know to to you know to, to the old days. Yeah, which, which, what I don't get, what like, I don't yeah. get about Jeremy is I was we were here two weeks ago and I warned him about the bomb squad and he just dismissed it and said, "Yeah, oh, no, it's nothing to worry about." And now that he's actually seen what a fresh... Listen, you might have had a point. If South Africa had eight, eight reserves and England only had three, but it's not the way it was. Exactly. The fact is they got outplayed and they couldn't last, even with the eight reserves, they couldn't laugh with the intensity for and 18 And Eddie minutes. Jones had a go at a journal who was talking about a player being dropped. Being dropped. And yeah, Ford. Say that in, yeah, yeah, Ford, and he said that's redeployed or something. And he, yeah. he says that no, modern rugby is the full twenty-three man is your team. So uh, join us in this modern rugby, please. So that's what I'm gonna say to Jeremy. Jeremy, <laughs> join us, uh, mate. Join us in this modern <laughs> game. This is modern rugby. This is rugby 2019. Join us, mate. Let go of that 1997 British Lions tour. Join us, please. You're going to send him an email. <laughs> Still love you, Jeremy. Uh, okay, let's move on to the uh, Castle Shirt giveaway. So last week we asked, who did Johan say is his all-time best Springbok Lucid prop? The answer was, of course, Tendai, the Beast, Mtawari. You said that. I said that before. Oh, okay. Um, I wish we had more time. Uh, so our winners are James Morrow, uh, Jason Nyker, uh, Pete Matlow, and Denzel Samuels. Congratulations to those listeners, and thank you to Castle for those supporters' jerseys. And on that note, speaking about the Beast, he's also joined the Barbarian squad. Um, so... We've got quite a number of South Africans there in that squad. I remember, um, when was it? 2009, when we had a hell of a lot of Springboks in the Barbarian side and we beat the All Blacks. So therefore, in that year, in 2009, we beat the All Blacks four times. Um, the fourth time being with the Barbarians. <laughs> uh, Johan, your thoughts on, on um, your, your player Beast being part of your Barbarians? Yeah, uh, in his case, I can understand it. I'm more worried about the other Springboks who should be either resting mm. or should be in pre-season training. I know it, it's a lot of cash, and, and no one you don't begrudge anyone for for taking a bit of extra cash there. But yeah, as long as it doesn't uh, influence the rest of your season and your preparations for it or your rest after the current one. As for Beast, we, no one knows what's going to happen to him afterwards. As, as far as I know, he's retired, so let him let him have that last hurrah. I hope the team give him a mass, massive send-off. Uh, the country has just done that on the, on the trophy sure. tour, so all, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that game. 
You were just about to say something, sorry. No, so the, the, with, with the Barbarians, look, um, it's obviously part of the celebrations as long as nobody gets injured. Um, and if you look at today, we it's the 13th of November. Our seasons normally, you know, end two weeks later. So, you know, they'll still have a week in the tank before their normal season would end. So, fair enough. Mm. As long as nobody gets injured, though, because if someone does get injured, then it, it does look a bit of a stupid decision. Okay, there's also um, awards happening next week, Tuesday, uh, sponsored by Pride Rock, the Players' Choice Awards. Um, I know my boy um, Rabs Makwane is part of that. I think he's up against the likes of Roscoe Speckman, uh, Chris Try, and all of those guys to see who's going to be the player of the year. Uh, but yeah, guys, just go on to the website there at Bright Rock and have a look and, vo- and vote. And please vote for Rabs. Uh, Skara, I haven't forgotten you. Um, they must vote for you as well. Cheers, guys. Thank you.